author of a book called Africa Bounces Back, Victor Homeswana, uh, with our Africa Business Report tonight. Uh, Ethiopian Airlines and flight cancellations, what is going on here, Victor? Good, e- good evening, Bruce. Good to talk to you. Well, the story is not good. You remember the Tigray. Tigray is in the far north of Ethiopia where the conflict has been happening and it, it, it almost put Ethiopia on the brink of, I mean, catastrophe. And considering how well the economy was doing, it was a setback. So south of that, in other words, just north of, of Addis Ababa is a region called Amhara. Amhara is where there was an outbreak of violence which forced the Prime Minister Abdei Ahmed to declare six year, a six-month state of emergency to, to quell the unrest there. So obviously Ethiopian Airlines as the connecting carrier for most parts to most parts of the country decided, you know what, we have had enough disasters in, in the past, we are not going to be risking that because when you have a conflict like that you you never know what could come out of the sky or be, be catching you mid-air so they decided as a precautionary measure to cut some of their flights to those areas but i would imagine they would be connecting areas that are affected from the neighboring countries because the number of destinations that are covered by ethiopian airlines is just very high but for now it is a setback for africa's most successful airline bruce and let's hope that it doesn't take too long but it just shows you that political unrest can have so many more far-reaching consequences than we we sometimes give it credit for. Yeah, we just this week also saw Niger close its airspace uh, very, very suddenly affecting flights north and south out of uh, South Africa to the Northern Hemisphere this week too. Kenya Airways, um, good for them. They've uh, at one stage were seen as the, the great airline hope for Africa. They then sort of had their wings clipped a bit, but they've done a co-chair agreement with Delta and these co-chair agreements can be very beneficial, can't they? Definitely, because you know what? You're right. They hit a real, a, a real spell of turbulence, Bruce. They, if they had it their way by 2013 already, they would have been flying to every capital in Africa, which I thought was a very ambitious project. But they were hit by labor unrest. They were hit by fuel price hikes. They were hit by a whole lot of things, and they ended up being where they are. They lost their 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 arrangement with KLM Air France, and now they are starting from scratch building these uh, coaches agreements. This particular Delta one will Although they are flying already to North America or to the U.S., this one, as you know, code share allows the two airlines to sell each other's air tickets to on, on their systems. So it just means although they, the, the Kenya Airways flies to America, you are able to then connect to many other cities in the states, taking the cities that Kenya Airways will be able to fly to to more than 55. That's a very good footprint or kind of coverage. But in Africa, because of that, they are also taking their they are tally of countries they are flying to to 31 now. So they are well back on their recovery plan. But it's just good that because of the trade that's happening between the U.S. and South and Africa, it is important to keep that line in, 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 in check. And, and I like the fact that when they cut their, their alliance with KLM Air France, Bruce, we thought they were losing their international flair. But it shows that they wanted to not have exclusivity. They wanted to be able to have co-share agreements with whatever. You might recall, maybe you don't, but they had another code share with an airline called Astro, which connected them into the Middle East and Asia. So they are doing that, spreading their wings so that they are no longer dependent only on the Air France KLM link, which was good for them, but only on the European side of things. Okay, good news on that particular front. What about a cement manufacturing plant? And it's good to see another one coming. Uh, Rwanda. Yeah. 
Rwanda and <laughs> with, with, a, with a Chinese company, um, which again immediately raises red flags all over the place. But tell me about the uh, idea of a, a new cement ma- manufacturing plant in Rwanda. How much of it is Rwandan and how much of it is Chinese? You know, okay, so the, the reason I found this story interesting, Bruce, is more a PPC story. PPC owns 51% of a company called Simerua, which was 100% government-owned. It, it went in there about 10 years ago. And then there is another cement company, but this one is going to be the number one because the PPC project established a new plant which manufactures 600,000 metric tons a year. This one manufactures a million. So it becomes immediately the the largest. The Chinese investment is prefabricated. In fact, it shouldn't raise red flags, Bruce, because if you ask any cement manufacturer or cement company today where they buy their equipment from, they no longer buy them from Europe. So China has been making a lot of cement. It's just that maybe they don't have the brands. This one is West China Cement Company, the subsidiary is called Anita. I don't know them, but I know that if they are Chinese, chances are they have been supplying either equipment or technology already to the to the to the companies. Even the PPC cement was built with the with Chinese technology and the assistance of Chinese expertise. So it is nothing to be alarmed about. It's just that it tells you how much construction is happening. Now Rwanda is not going to consume all the cement that it produced. Bruce, it's going to be exported into Burundi. It's going to be exported into into Uganda to a certain extent and maybe to the east into Tanzania. Who knows? It might even go across Lake Kivu into the DRC. So it just shows you the hub, the hub that Rwanda is. It's not necessarily for its own local market. Although it is growing at an alarming rate itself, but it's more for the East African region. This intra-Africa trade is really paying dividends for Rwanda. Thank you, Victor Khomaswana with the Africa Business Report. Victor is the author of a book, a fabulous book called Africa Bounces Back with our Africa Business Report on a Tuesday.